I am the resurrection and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. Today we uh, conclude that series on the great I am's of Jesus, Jesus in his own words. One scholar says that the I am's are the core announcement of Jesus about himself. The core announcement about Jesus makes about himself. Just the grammatical construction that John writes in his gospel has Jesus saying it very emphatically, very emphatically with emphasis. I, I really am, I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I really am, I am the resurrection and the life. And then all the I am's have the definite article, the, I am not a good shepherd, one among many. You can pick and choose, find one you like. No, there's a definite article in front of all the I am's. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the true vine. That article makes things definite that Jesus isn't one among many, but he's, there is no other real option. He's not a good shepherd, he's the good shepherd. So it's been a great series, and today we finish by looking at uh, Jesus as a true vine, so I invite us to hear the word of the Lord to us from John chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things so that you, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Oh Lord, open our hearts, open our minds that we might hear your word and that it would be come alive in us, that we would know your truth for us this day. We pray in the strong name of him who announces to us, I am. Amen. There's still a lot being written about how America coped with the pandemic, what we did well, what we did not so well. One article I read also highlighted other times in our history when our medical know-how 
uh, made a difference in people's lives. In the 1960s and 70s, America had a ship called the SS Hope. Originally, it was a Navy, uh, Navy ship, but in the 60s, it was turned into a relief vessel that went to the poorer countries of the world. The SS Hope was a goodwill ambassador and a floating medical center. The article caught my eye because as a young kid, I remember seeing a picture of it on the cover of a magazine. I was intrigued by this big boat. It would pull into a port, dock there for several weeks, and people would line up by the thousands. There were 100 doctors on board. People came for medical care, health supplies, food was handed out, vitamins were handed out. But the most impressive thing about the SS Hope was a big machine that turned seawater into milk. It pumped water from the ocean, cleaned the milk, uh, cleaned the water, added powdered milk, and lo and behold, you got a carton of milk. The iron cow, they called it. This big apparatus. Salty seawater went in, milk came out. The iron cow. I don't know how the technology worked, it looked like a furnace with shiny pipes coming out of it, but it produced a flow of milk. People lined up for two or three times a day, hungry people, thirsty people, sick people. Children gulped it down or walked home clutching a carton of milk. The iron cow was their lifeline. People grew attached to it, almost a mystical bond with this big apparatus, a dependent relationship with it. It was a source of life. Now, if I told you that you can have a relationship that is a source of life, a bond that's intimate, loving, joyful, lasting, and if I said that bond can be with the Lord of the universe, the eternal Son of God, that would be great, wouldn't it? It's what Jesus affirms when he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. That's how close, that's how intimate the relationship is. As a follower of me, says Jesus, you're the branches, you're in union with me, the true vine. We're that connected. I'm your lifeline. We're so bonded to each other that the best way to describe it is a vine and a branch. We're that attached. This really is amazing. The bond between Christ and us is way closer than the bond that thirsty people had with the iron cow. That's a good illustration, but it's not near close enough. If you really want to know our dependency on Christ, if you really want to know how intimate our relational bond is, listen to this. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus said this in the last hours of his earthly life. He was sharing an evening meal with his disciples in an upper room in Jerusalem. They were troubled by what he had told them about what was coming next, his suffering and his cross. So Jesus encouraged them and encourages us with these words, I'm the vine, you're the branches. 
I'm no engineer for understanding how the iron cow worked. And I'm no botanist for understanding how a vine and its branches grow. I'm not much of a green thumb. But the disciples were. When Jesus said, I am the vine, you're the branches, it was a familiar image to them. It's familiar to us if we've explored a little out in the Texas Hill Country. All over Israel, there were vineyards. There might have been a vine growing up outside the house where Jesus now sat having an evening meal. Maybe there were tendrils growing up out on the outside wall and growing their way through the open window into the room. Vines were common, part of Israel's history. God himself told the prophet Isaiah, the people of Judah, the house of Israel is the vineyard of the Lord. My people are a choice vine. And when God was frustrated with the people, he said, oh, oh, Israel, I expected grapes from you, but all I got was wild grapes. So I'll prune the vine that is my people Israel. Vineyards were a part of Israel's identity. It was common in daily life to see people carrying a long pole with a cluster of grapes hanging from it. One of the glories of the temple in Jerusalem was a golden vine that was carved on the temple gates, branches molded out of gold. Six foot long clusters of grapes, the glory of the temple. When Jesus said, I am the vine, you're the branches, the disciples knew he was saying something important. It was nothing less than a claim that he is the source of life and that we as his followers have a relationship with him, intimate, loving, joyful, lasting, so close it can only be described as the union of a branch and a vine. We don't have to be botanists to know that. Just look at a tree. Would you say the relationship between the trunk and the limbs is intimate? Look at a vine. Would you say that the union of a tendril and the main stem is close as can possibly be? It's hard to say where one starts and the other ends. The vine is joined to the branch. The branch is joined to the vine. There's a, there's a vital unity, an organic union. I am the vine. You are the branches. Jesus is life. And we receive his life as we remain in him, abide in him. Jesus is joy and his joy becomes our joy as we remain in him, abide in him, cling to him like branches on a vine. When I was a boy and went to my grandfather's farm, we'd go out to the barn, uh, climb up to the hay loft and swing across the loft on a long, thick rope. It was a high barn. You could, you could hardly see where the rope started up there in the roof. The goal was to take off from the bales of hay at one end and swing all the way across to the bales at the other end. My, my big cousins could do it with ease. I was more scared, but I would grab the rope, push off from the bales, and hang on for dear life. Whoa! I made it, but believe me, I clung on. You couldn't have 
pried my hands off that rope with a crowbar. I held on so tight, my hands and that rope were absolutely attached to each other. My whole self, all of me, gripping as if my life depended on it. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Remain in me and I'll remain in you. He's really answering the question, what is it that makes a Christian? Is it reciting the creeds of the church? Is that what makes us one with Christ? Is it genuine convictions or sincere faith or decent living or the work ethic? Is it saying all the right spiritual cliches? Is that what makes us unique? No. No to all those things. You can find them outside Christianity. Convictions, sincerity, morality, hard work, good works, mental assent to some higher power. They're good, but they're not unique to being a Christian. What makes a Christian, what makes a follower of Jesus is vital personal union with Christ, attachment, connection, a living relationship so close it can only be described as a vine and a, and a branch. In a vineyard, the vine sends out sap into every branch, causing the grapes to grow and ripen. Christ sends out his spiritual life, sends out the grace that's in him, causing us to live and grow and ripen in the faith. We draw our life from his life, from him who said, I am the true vine. This is a marvelous truth, isn't it? And it's a truth that should take the pressure off. Some of us are trying so hard to live the Christian life, trying to be loving, trying to have integrity, trying to be forgiving, trying to do better, trying so hard but not much joy in it. And we forget that life is found by simply abiding in the vine. Ten times in our scripture, Jesus says abide. Ten times in just these few verses, abide in me, abide in me, remain in me, cling to me, let me abide in you, abide, abide. And what's the result of that? What's the result of that union with the vine? Jesus tells us here, you'll bear much fruit. You'll bear much fruit. There'll be a vitality to your faith. What you do and say for Jesus will be productive. You'll be joyful. You'll be prayerful. You'll love others. You'll have the love, joy, and peace of the Holy Spirit. You'll be so fruitful that those around you may well come to the conclusion this person is a follower of Jesus. Here's how the message translation fits our scripture. Live in me, Jesus says. Make your home in me, just as I do in you. A branch can't bear fruit by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. When you're joined with me and I with you, our relating is intimate and organic. The harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. 
Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me, and my words are at home with you, you produce grapes. That takes a lot of pressure off, doesn't it? Our connection with Jesus is so intimate. We're alive, we're alive. We can stop trying so hard to be Christian and just remain in the vine. When my daughter Ellen was six, seven, maybe eight months old, she loved being picked up and carried around and had a unique way of hanging on. She'd drape one arm over my shoulder right up here and take a big wad of shirt in her hand. And then with her other hand, she'd grab down at the bottom of my shirt and crinkle up another wad, tuck her feet up, and she was ready to go. I could walk, I could run, I could bend all the way over to pick something up off the floor, and she went right over with me. Turned upside down, loved it, hanging on. Where I went, she went, perfect tandem, the more thrilling, the better. Her fingers wrapped around those wads of shirt, gripping me, attached to me. What it means to be a follower of Jesus is to remain in him, be joined to him, abide in him. The way a little girl hangs on to her father, the way an arm or a leg fits into a body, the way a branch clings to a vine. The vigor of a branch, the vitality of a branch is that it's rooted in the vine. A branch can't survive off by itself. It can't grow off by itself. It dies off by itself. Remain in me, Jesus says. Remain in me. It's so easy in life to get disconnected. It's easy because there are things in life we can do pretty well without Jesus. You can do good schoolwork, get your degree, you can get married, you can manage your home well, you can hold a good job, be a good parent, be a good grandparent. You can do those things pretty well apart from the vine. You can do them pushing Jesus to the side. It's so easy in life to pursue all kinds of other things and before we know it, we're a withered branch. Off on our own, we dry up. Off on our own, we lose the joy God has for us. Off on our own, we don't love the way we're to love. Off on our own, we wither. Remain in me, Jesus says, you must remain in me. And how do we do that? How do we remain in the vine. You remain in the vine, you remain in Christ by the classic means of grace that Christians have always practiced. You remain in Christ by staying in the word, the scriptures. You remain in Christ through prayer. You remain in Christ through fellowship with other believers. You remain in Christ through worship. You remain in Christ through faith. And you're also kept close by God's loving discipline. I'm the vine, Jesus says, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't bear fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they'll produce even more. 
We do need to hear this. This abiding in Jesus is uncomfortable at times. God the Father prunes the branches, scrapes off the parts of our lives where there's bad habits, cleans off the branch where there's self-centeredness, prunes us of an unforgiving attitude, scrapes off where there's lack of kindness. God the gardener prunes all of that back so that we'll grow in our faith, but God so graciously draws us back into the vine. Often in a vineyard, branches fall down onto the ground, so with meticulous care, just tender care, the gardener lifts them back up, which allows them to heal and grow. That's the loving care of our good Heavenly Father, lifts us up, lifts us up. And it's the loving care of Jesus who says, abide in me, remain in me, rest on me, lean on me, cling to me, roll every burden on me, cast your weariness on me, never let go, draw life from me. I am the true vine. I grew up in Nebraska, uh, living near the Platte River. The water in the river is snowmelt that flows from Colorado and Wyoming and then flows across the whole state from west to east. It only took about 15 minutes to get from my house to my favorite spots on the river. From the time I was a boy till I left home, the Platte River was a big part of my life. In my teen years, my friends and I were probably in the river two or three times a week, swimming, goofing around, camping out at night on the sandbars in the middle of the river. We'd build a fire, play our guitars, listen to rock and roll on station KOMA in Oklahoma City. Big part of my life was carefree hours on the Platte River. It's also the place of the most frightening thing I ever did. One of the dumbest things I ever did. One summer it rained for 21 consecutive days. The ground became more and more saturated. Then toward the end of the 21 days, big rains came and there was bad flooding. Two creeks north of town flooded, a small river south of town flooded. And because everything eventually flows into the Platte River, it was higher than anything I'd ever seen. High enough that my friend Mike Rembolt and I thought we'd go for a swim. Didn't tell our parents, but thought it'd be great to swim in this fast-moving river that was four or five feet deeper than anything we had ever seen. Water that was sweeping along like it was being vacuumed down a gutter. As soon as we were 30 feet out in the river, we knew we were in trouble. It was the same spot we had swam in hundreds of times, but the sandbars that were usually there, we couldn't find with our toes. When we did hit a sandbar, we couldn't dig our feet in enough to hold us. We touched bottom, but couldn't get a grip. And the bushy shrubs normally there to grab weren't there, and all the time we're, we're moving down the river. I can still to this day see the look of fright on Mike Rimbold's face as he tried to hold his head up out of the water. He was a tough guy, 
starting left guard on the football team. Several years ago, he did a super marathon in Colorado, 100 miles of running in the mountains. That tells you the kind of athlete he was. But this day in the river, he was scared, and so was I. Fortunately, we were both good swimmers and slowly, carefully angled our way back toward the bank, all the while moving down the river, but slowly angled our way in. When we reached the edge, there wasn't a riverbank anymore. The water so high, it came right up to the trunks of the trees that grew by the river. We reached and grabbed onto those tree roots, hung on for dear life, clung for dear life. We got out, sat there, too stunned to be happy, too worn out to be happy. Just glad those tree trunks were there to hang on to, a source of life. Jesus, sharing a meal with his disciples in the hours before his betrayal and death on the cross, to comfort them and us, says, I am the true vine, you are the branches. He knows we have a longing in our hearts for true life, and so to encourage us, he graciously says to us, abide in me, cling to me, we're bonded to one another. You can't accomplish anything without me. I give life, I give purpose, I give joy. I am the true vine. You are the branches. That's good news. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for your seven core announcements about yourself. And thank you for this one, that you are the true vine. What a joy and privilege to be rooted in you. We thank you. We humbly thank you. We remain in you. And we pray all this with gratitude and humility in the name of him who is the great I am. Amen. <laughs>